Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Tuesday. It's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. We got a packed show, lots to get into. Monday night football between the Vikings and the Bears. That was a terrible game. Week 10 in the NFL is also in the books. We're going to talk about a few games that I saw on Sunday that were pretty interesting and kind of shaping the landscape of the NFL scene. NBA news as well. James Harden and the Rockets are in free fall and they're imploding on themselves. The Nets are back in the news and it ain't nothing good. I don't think so anyway. Lots of NBA trades. The the NBA landscape has changed. We're going to get into that as well. And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Week 10 of the NFL season is in the books. We had some great games on Sunday. I definitely want to talk about a few of them. I want to talk about the Dolphins and Chargers. I want to talk about that insane finish of the Bills and Cardinals game. And I also want to talk about the Rams and Seahawks. First game we're going to talk about is going to be the Dolphins and Chargers. Dolphins win this game 29-21. Tua Tagovailoa, he had a good game. But they never actually lost control of this game. You had Ahmed that was on the ground, 85 yards and a touchdown. They were dominant. That defense was probably the talk of the game. That defense is fast. They get in your face. They frustrate you. They can be able to cover. They have help over the top. They have a good pass rush. They have good linebackers. Brian Flores has done such a great job with this team. I'm so impressed with how prepared they are. They come to play. They play hard. They won five games last year. They have now won their sixth game. They're six and three. They're right in the thick of things in the AFC East. They can win this division. That's the craziest part. Tua Tagovailoa had 169 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, passer rating of 106, QBR 65. So, you know, he had a decent average game. But I met on the ground, 85 yards. He just filled in. You know, they've had running back issues. Miles Gaskin went down. He's been down. He's still down. But Ahmed now gives them another punch. This kid can play, man. He has some he has some moves. He has some escapability. I like his his running style. I was watching him that whole game. I said, this kid's impressive. He can really, really run. Jakeem Grant on the receiving end, four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. 
He has been a dynamo for this team. He's a small guy. He can get into you know spaces that a lot of people can't get into. And in the open field, it's bye-bye. On the Chargers side of it, Justin Herbert, 187 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. He didn't play well, but at the same time, like I said, this defense was in his face. He got sacked twice. He was pressured a bunch. So they did what they had to do to frustrate the young rookie quarterback. He's going to have games like this, but you're seeing two teams that are heading in the right direction because of who they have behind center. Obviously, the, the, the Dolphins are a little more advanced right now because they have the better coach. They have the better defense. They have the better young players. But that doesn't mean the Chargers are not, you know, on the cusp of being good as well. They may end up doing a, a complete 180 next year. And they may end up winning 9 or 10 games. So let's not kind of compare them or where they're at right now. Obviously, you know, the Dolphins have their structure in place. Owner, head coach, possibly a very, very good quarterback. So let's see. Let's see how this goes. Next game after this is going to be the Rams and Seahawks. NFC West matchup. Rams win this game 23-16. It was a defensive domination by the Rams. They were all over the place. Russell Wilson could not get any time to pass the ball. He had a miserable game. 248 yards passing. Two interceptions. Passer rating of 57. He was sacked six times. He was hurried 28 times. He was rushed out of the pocket almost every play. It was it was a lopsided affair. It was a beating. You know, Tyler Lockett, he tried to get off five catches, 66 yards. But all in all, man, it was a complete dominating performance by those Rams. DK Metcalf couldn't do anything. Jalen Ramsey had him in a box all night. He could not separate from Jalen Ramsey. That is a great matchup. If that ends up being the matchup in the playoffs, they're going to have to try to figure out how to get DK off because if Jalen is matched up with him the entire night, that's all you're going to see. Jalen's a physical cornerback. He likes that physicality. He likes to talk crap. He likes to be in your face. So I was I was really hoping to see DK be aggressive, be smart, find a way to get the football. But he was locked down, man. He was shut down. On the other side of it, listen, Jared Goff, 302 yards, no touchdowns, but he played an impressive game. The ground game, you know, nobody really went off. Akers had 38 yards. Malcolm Brown had two touchdowns in goal line situations, uh, you know, for the receivers. Reynolds had 94 yards. Tyler Higby, 60 yards. Cooper Cup had five catches, 50 yards. So everybody got involved, but it was more the defense. The defense is the one that brought this home, man. It, it was it was such an impressive showing. You had Floyd. He had three sacks. The pocket just kept collapsing. Aaron Donald made it really hard for, for that offensive line to do anything. And Floyd just ran right in there. And this is the issue I've been having with these Seahawks. This offensive line has been bad for years. All because you have Russell Wilson back there, they just believe that they're not supposed to have a, an impressive offensive line. You need to protect your quarterback, no matter if he can be able to escape the pocket, escape the pass rush, or whatever it is. You need to protect him. And this offensive line is very, very below average. They really are. And the defense is horrible. The defense is really, really bad. They have to do something about this defense in the offseason. But when you're paying Russell Wilson all of this money, it's very hard to have a good, complete team. 
That's what happens when you pay a quarterback all that money. That all the other important parts of your team end up lacking because you can't afford it. You can't go out there in free agency and go get a big name because you can't afford it. So now you have to turn to the draft and you got to make sure that you, you know, you ace the draft. You can't have any busts because when you do that, then now you have to go back and do the whole thing all over again. You got to make sure that you strike it rich in the draft. And they haven't done that over the last couple of years. So this is why you're seeing a void on that defense. They have to do something. There is no way they can be able to be a real legitimate Super Bowl contender with a poor defense and a poor offensive line. It just it just can't work. Can't work. Next game we're going to talk about is going to be the Bills and Cardinals. Cardinals win this game 32-30 in a shocker. Listen, the game was good, but the last minute and a half, two minutes or so, that was the best part. That was the best part of the game. Down 26 to 23, Josh Allen throws a touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs, makes it 30 to 26 with 34 seconds left. Then Kyler Murray comes down and escapes the pocket, throws a Hail Mary bomb, and DeAndre Hopkins catches this touchdown. And there were three Bills players around him, and they were all going for the ball, and he just grabbed it out of the air touchdown the world is shocked everybody has their mouth open I'm looking at the game like what the hell just happened (laughs) yo DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in football you know I always waffle back and forth but he's he's definitely top two man the guy is special I haven't seen hands like that ever in football so you know kudos to both teams somebody had to win somebody had to lose this was a very entertaining game Josh Allen 284 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, He didn't have a great game, but he had an effective game. Cole Beasley was all over the place. 11 catches, 109 yards, a touchdown. Like I said, Stephon Diggs, he had 10 catches, 93 yards in that touchdown. That almost go-ahead touchdown, that wasn't to be. Kyler Murray, 245 yards, a touchdown, interception. He got sacked three times. It wasn't a great game for him either, but they never gave up. They battled, they kept fighting, and they won the game. Kenyon Drake, he had 16 carries, 100 yards. Kyler Murray had two touchdowns on the ground. DeAndre Hopkins, seven catches, 127 yards, a touchdown. This was an awesome game. It was it was a joy to watch, man. The Bills defense, they showed up. The Cardinals defense showed up. But somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. These are two good teams. The Bills don't have anything to worry about. They're still the best team in the AFC East. Uh, the Cardinals, they're now making noise within that NFC West. You have three teams that are legitimate contenders in this NFC West. And it's it's a joy to watch, man. I, I, w- I want to see how this, you know, this plays down the stretch. Who ends up getting the nod? Who ends up winning the division? And how many teams out of this division actually make the playoffs? So it, there's, a, there's a lot going on here. I love Kyler Murray. I had him as an early MVP candidate but he's had a rough season and he's a young player he's gonna go up and down he's not gonna be phenomenal every game but he's starting to make that that progression you're starting to see those those special plays those special games and if he can be able to put these things together consistently man you're gonna have the next best quarterback in the league because you can't catch him that's the thing with him you can't catch him and giving him a dynamic, dangerous receiver like DeAndre Hopkins is only going to make him 
progress that much faster and get that much better. It's not over for him. He's going to continue to grow, which is the scary fucking part. All right, turning our attention to the Monday night football matchup between the Vikings and the Bears. Vikings win this game 19-13 in an ugly one. Bears played awful, but the Vikings played their game. They ground and pounded it. Dalvin Cook had a good game, 30 carries, 96 yards. Kirk Cousins, 292 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Justin Jefferson, eight catches, 135 yards. That kid is special. You can't guard him. He can run routes. He can go across the middle. There's there's so many things that this kid can do that they have they have a superstar in the works here. They definitely have a superstar in the works, and they know it. That's why they continue to feature him week in and week out. He's definitely a special talent. Definitely special. Dalvin Cook didn't get into the end zone this this uh this game, but he was still dominant. 96 yards rushing. I mean, you can't stop the guy. You can't stop the guy. Everybody knows what they're doing, and yet you still can't stop him for the bears listen nick Foles struggled 15 for 26 106 yards an interception they 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 are they are listless they are lifeless they need something to happen there's nothing here there's nothing offensively that you can actually point your finger to and say yep they got this this is this is pretty good other than Allen robinson they got nothing. And I'm telling you right now, everybody wants to talk about Matt Patricia being on a hot seat. They want to talk about Anthony Lynn being on a hot seat. The guy on the hot seat right now is Matt Nagy. They have no offensive identity under Matt Nagy. They just look like a lifeless team. They need to make a move and make a move after the season. From the drafting of Mitch Trubisky to now Nick Foles, David Montgomery, the list goes on of failed draft picks under Matt Nagy. It's time to go, man. This team is trash. He's a bad coach. They need something, and they don't have anything. They have nothing to look forward to. They're 5-4, and four, and you would think that they're 1-8, and 2-7. That's how it feels. Chicago Bears fans are like, oh, my God, this team is so bad, and yet they're 5-4. and four. It's crazy. Two things can be true, right? Your team can be trash, and your team can have a winning record. <laughs> the Bears are the epitome of that. <laughs> trash. Garbage. Coming up after the break, James Harden and the Rockets are in free fall. And I love it. On a Tuesday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So... 
It's reported that James Harden wants out of Houston. He wants out of Houston because he doesn't know what direction they're going in. But more importantly, he's upset because they didn't inform him about who they were selecting as GM, who they were selecting as head coach. Now, he likes Steven Silas. He has no problem with Steven Silas. He's just like, oh, well, you know, they didn't let me know. They didn't have my my input on what's going on, so they don't care. And for me, I have a big problem with that because I, I know the history of the Houston Rockets and James Harden. James Harden was the third wheel on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And in some people's eyes that he was the third best player he wasn't as talented as Westbrook. He wasn't as talented as as Kevin Durant. And they got to the NBA Finals. They were this young, successful team that was bucking the trend, challenging the actual crown of the NBA, and they haven't really accomplished anything. They were just so talented together. James Harden now is in contract negotiations and he says, I want the same max money that Russ and KD got. So the GM and the owner are like, nah, nah, nah. You know, you, you got to take less. He's like, why? I have the same type of talent. I deserve the same amount of money. So push comes to shove. They disagree. He ends up leaving over $5 million over the length of the contract. Not $5 million on top every year. It was like the length of the contract. So they trade him to Houston. They keep Serge Ibaka. They trade James Harden to Houston. And the rest we can say is history, right? The James Harden that you see today was created in Houston. He had a lot to prove. Since he's been in Houston, he's probably averaged like 27 or 28 points a game in the seven seasons that he's been here. Here's my issue with James Harden now. Daryl Morey tried everything. He put... Dwight Howard with James Harden. They played for three years. Dwight Howard ended up hating James Harden and wanted out. He left. Then after that, he went ahead and tried to acquire Chris Paul. Chris Paul was willing to come to Houston to be James' sidekick, to be the guy that can be able to help James Harden get to that next level, take the pressure off for him, and make things a little easier for him. They get to the Western Conference Finals. Chris Paul ends up getting hurt. We all know they were up 3-2. The rest is history. They lose in seven. Golden State ends up winning another title. Things fall apart in the playoffs the year after. Chris Paul is now gone. You now hear rumblings that the two didn't get along. And Chris Paul's reasons because, listen, I'm a point guard. You can't just have me on the perimeter just waiting to get the basketball. That's not the way I play. So had you just allowed me to be a point guard, let me make things for James Harden easier for him to score. This offense would be run better. No, Dan Tony said, no, 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 we're, we, we, we play this way. James Harden doesn't want to change. He's not going to change. This is his team. It's not your team. So you need to figure it out or you need to go. So Chris Paul was like, all right, I'm out. They ended up trading Chris Paul to OKC for his buddy, Russell Westbrook. They grew up together in Cali. So... Things were on the up and up. He wanted to play with Russ. Russ wanted to play with him. First year in, in, in Houston, 
you know, things don't go that well in the playoffs. Russ is hurt. He doesn't play like himself. The Lakers steamroll them. Uh, you know, Harden has another bad playoff performance, like usual. And now we're hearing rumblings that Westbrook and Harden don't want to play with each other anymore. Westbrook wants to go back to doing his thing. Harden wants to continue doing his thing. So I bring all of this up because the common denominator here is the Rockets have tried their best over the years to appease to James Harden. They have tried to put him around certain players. They got Dan Tony as his head coach. They tried to even do an unconventional type of team where they don't even have a big man on the roster. They say, all right, let's go out there with all guards and figure it out. They tried all of that stuff, and they still lost. And now James Harden wants to leave them. This is like the spoiled kid that got a Benz to drive. He never put any gas in the car. The father would always put the gas back in the car no matter how far the kid went with the car or whatever. He would mess the car up. Dad would fix it. Now the dad says, you know what? I'm going to keep this car for myself now. I'm going to get you a little startup car so you can be able to know how to manage this car. And the kid says, no, no, no. I don't want a startup car. I want the Benz. No, you can't. You're not really there with the Benz yet. Let's uh, let's kind of dial it back and, and, and get another startup car. No, no, I, I don't want that. I'm not going to drive it. And matter of fact, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'll go live with my mother or I'll go live with my uncle somewhere. So the spoiled kid doesn't like where things are going now, so now he wants to leave. Houston has done everything for you. You want to leave them after what they've done. They've torn down their roster. They've gave away their draft picks for you. And now you want to leave. And not only do you want to leave, but you're telling everybody that you want to go to Brooklyn. (laughs) For me, this is just, it's just comical. This guy has found the the loophole in how to score, how to score big points. He averaged 34 points this year. Last year, averaged like or two years ago, he averaged 36 points. James Harden is a dynamic scorer. You know, he knows he's dribble, 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 shoot the three. Dribble, 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 step back three. Dribble, 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 float in the lane. Dribble, 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 I'm going to throw my arms up and get a foul and get to the line 700 times in a season. That's James Harden's game. And when the playoffs come, he can't do all of that so he's not effective. But you want to blame Houston for you guys not being able to advance. Let's dial it back for the year that Chris Paul was there, the first year against Golden State. You guys took 27 straight threes. Nobody cared to drive. You are the best player in the team. You didn't care to try to say, you know what, let me try to get to the lane. Let me get a floater. Let me get a mid-range shot going to try to switch it up so we can continue to score and and take the lead of this game, take a commanding lead, and get to the NBA Finals. No, you were fine playing your game because that's your game, right? You shoot threes. You shoot step-back threes. You dribble. James Harden has been the problem this entire time for this franchise, and all they've done is try to appease to the cancer. That's like somebody being sick, and you tell them, yeah, you have cancer, and you just keep smoking. All right, we're just going to keep smoking. It's fine. Doesn't matter. That's what the Houston Rockets have done all these years. They know that this is a special guy, but he's not a winning player. There's a difference. Don't confuse special talent 
with winning intangibles. He doesn't have those. He's just a guy that knows how to score a bunch of points. God rest Kobe Bryant's soul. When Kobe Bryant was alive, he said that style of play is not conducive to winning titles. It can't work. So you're trying to tell me that this guy now wants to go to Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and that's going to work? He, he can't work with anybody. Russell's gone. Chris Paul is gone. Dwight's gone. Now I'm hearing that Eric Gordon wants a bigger role. P.J. Tucker wants more money for all the nonsense and the bullshit they got to deal with when it comes to James Harden's nonsense. You think it's easy playing with a guy like that, knowing that you're not going to see the basketball, knowing that his usage rate is the highest it's ever been in NBA history, knowing that you, you know for a fact that this guy is going to fail you every time you get to the playoffs in a big spot. He will fail you. You know how hard it is as a basketball player to accept that? And all of these teammates had to have accepted it over the years. Yo, if that was me, I'd have swung on James Harden years ago playing that nonsense basketball. That's not how we grew up playing basketball. That's not how we grew up seeing great teams, you know, get chemistry and build that camaraderie. How can you build camaraderie playing like that? How? And it's all due to him. His lack of changing. He doesn't want to change. Now he wants to go somewhere else. Come on, man. If I'm Houston, I don't I don't trade James Harden. I let him stay there. You don't want to play, you go ahead and sit out. Go ahead and forfeit your contract. It's a lot of money. He turned down $50 million a year, two-year extension worth $100 million. So he's serious about leaving. But if I'm if I'm the Rockets, I don't budge. You made this mess, you're going to sit in it now. But we all know that's normally not what happens, right? So the Brooklyn Nets right now are in talks with the Rockets to pull off this blockbuster trade. They're going to have to gut their entire team. They're going to have to trade Spencer Dinwiddie. They're going to have to trade Karis LeVert. They're going to have to trade uh, Jared Allen. They're going to have to trade all of their young pieces that they worked so hard for to develop to go get James Harden to pair with Kyrie and KD. You got two basketballs? Because this is the only way that's going to work. None of these three players, Kyrie, KD, or James Harden, makes anybody better. KD is the best of the worst in regards to that. His talent is, it is what it is. But he's not, he's not a LeBron James. He's not a Magic Johnson. He's not a Michael Jordan. They're all scorers. That's what they do. They score the basketball. Kyrie Irving needs the basketball in his hands to be effective. He doesn't move well without the basketball. Kevin Durant needs the ball in his hands. But he can be able to play off of people. He's done it before. So he can be, he'll be fine. James Harden needs the basketball to be effective. How's this going to work? You got a rookie head coach in here that's supposed to galvanize the troops and put this together really that that's what James Harden wants so he's gonna ruin one franchise and go destroy another franchise that has promising hopes at winning the east next year and possibly winning an NBA title you want to go salt up the nets now 
if the Nets do this, in my opinion, it's a terrible move for them. Because like I said, they worked so hard to get these assets, to, to get these guys to a level where they can be able to be important pieces to a championship puzzle, and you're going to send them to Houston for James Harden? Not a Devin Booker, not a LeBron James, nobody like this. Harden. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. James Harden got a lot of people fooled. He ain't got me fooled. I know exactly who James Harden is. James Harden is the guy that doesn't take any blame for anything. You can see it. The fact that he's the one that created this bullshit mess in Houston. Daryl Morey's gone. Westbrook wants out. D'Antoni's out. Yet, you now want to turn it around on the franchise. you, You guys did this. No, we didn't. We tried to help you win. Because the way you play is not normal. So we got to try to do things conventional, out of the box, just to make you happy. Put a team around you that can be, that possibly has a chance to get to the playoffs. And maybe we can, you know, have a miracle happen and you get to the finals. That's, the, that's what they tried to do. As the basketball purist in me, I don't want the Brooklyn Nets to do this. But as the deranged cynic that I can possibly be sometimes, I want to see this happen. I've called the Brooklyn Nets the big top Nets. The circus is on the way. And if they go ahead and pull this move, they are going to be must-watch basketball all season because everybody's going to be watching about when it's going to implode. That's, that's, that's going to be my thing. This has Clippers written all over. You, just, you, just sm- you smell the stink. You smell it. So go ahead and pull this move, Nets. Go ahead and put yourselves in position to be the most talked about team in the NBA. It won't get you a championship. And you're going to look back and say, we mortgage our future and potential other big-time moves that we could have probably made for James Harden. And we only got to the second round of the playoffs because James Harden averaged 17 points a game and nobody could trust each other in regards to who's going to get the ball in crunch time. That's what you're signing up for. So, you want to go ahead and do it? Go ahead. I'll be right here to analyze it. I'll be right here to say, I told you not to do it because that's what I do. And when I feel something in regards to something being a dumpster fire and a burning one, I can sense those things. This has dumpster fire incinerator all over it. Can't wait. Steve Nash. Going to have to deal with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. (laughs) Three of the biggest divas in basketball. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When Russell Westbrook says he doesn't want to play with you, you got problems. (laughs) When Dwight Howard says he doesn't want to play with you, you got problems. When a guy like Chris Paul that nobody likes to play with says that he don't want to play with you no more, you got problems. Now you're going to go with two other guys that are very, very sensitive. And you're going to put... <laughs> go ahead, please, please. By all means. Maybe maybe Sam Presti saw something that we didn't see back then. Maybe Sam Presti saw the guy that James Harden really was and didn't want that to be around his other two guys. 
Maybe James Harden was the divisive one. And maybe he said to himself, we got to rid ourselves of this before he starts to spread that division on this young up-and-coming team, and I can't have that. Maybe maybe that's the actual narrative here. Hmm. We'll see. Coming up after the break, more NBA news. The trade winds have been swirling. There's a lot going on, and we're going to talk about it. On a Tuesday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening, I'm tuned in, I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now, I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here, let's go. Welcome back, y'all. NBA trade season is here. This is my favorite time of year. You got all the people that don't want to be on their teams anymore requesting trades. You got teams thinking out of the box and doing just off-the-rails nonsense. And then you have teams that are very calculated and they know exactly what they're doing, how they're putting their roster together, and what we are expected to see from those moves that they make, right? There's been a lot of moves so far. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, shall we? The Milwaukee Bucks have acquired guard Drew Holiday from the Pelicans. In exchange for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, they trade off three first-round picks, and they also have two pick swaps with the Pelicans. That's a huge, huge move for the Bucks. It's a great trade for both teams. I would say that the Pelicans made out better because Anthony Davis went for three first-round picks. Drew Holiday goes for three first-round picks? How? David Griffin is definitely the winner of this deal. But listen, there's no losers because the Milwaukee Bucks, they've gotten a guy that they can trust defensively. He's a 20-point scorer. He's a veteran. He's a hard-nosed, tough-nosed guy. He's a playmaker. He can be able to hit the open three. He can be able to penetrate and create offense for others. This is exactly what Giannis needs. He needs more playmakers around him. He can't just be the guy to just dribble the ball up court, go against four guys, and try to dunk on everybody. Or when he can't dribble anymore, then he passes out. So this should make Giannis happy. But wait, there's actually more. The Bucs weren't finished there, right? They go ahead and acquire Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings in a sign-in trade for Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, Ersan Ilyasova. So they're making moves to appease Giannis, and I like what Milwaukee's doing because there's a lot of teams out there in history that have not done this for their star player. We can talk about LeBron James in Cleveland. When Dan Gilbert was there, this didn't happen. Now, granted, Dan Gilbert's not the GM, but he's the owner. He oversees everything. And Danny Ferry was the one pulling the strings in regards to being the GM. And 
Every time LeBron would ask for a big top star, they wouldn't get anything. The last straw was he asked for Stoudemire. He got Antoine Jameson. And he understood that, okay, it's never going to get better than what I have now. And Milwaukee, Milwaukee's had the best record in the East for the last two seasons. Giannis has been the MVP back-to-back seasons. But they didn't have enough because they fell short against the Raptors two years ago. They fell short this year against the Heat. Now they get two bona fide, really, really good role players. Drew Holiday is, you know, he's a tier B guy, but he's a tough nose guy. No nonsense. Bogdanovich is an underrated scorer. He can fill it up. 15 to 20 points he can give you on a nightly basis. So the Bucks have upgraded here. Now, the question long term is, is this going to be enough to keep Giannis in Milwaukee for the next five years or so? Because what's on the table for Giannis is the biggest extension in basketball history. Five years, 250 to $275 million. How can you walk away from a, from a deal like that? No matter if you may have an inclining of going elsewhere, you can't walk away from that. Especially from a franchise that's trying. They're trying. So we're going to see how this, this unfolds. It's very, very interesting to see what happens. I believe Giannis may look at it like, if I don't get to the finals, I got to get out of here. Which I, I don't think that's the truth. I think that he needs to trust this Milwaukee franchise and allow them to continue to keep adding parts around him. That's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to do. That's the smart thing to do. But is Giannis smart? Eh. We'll see. In other news, the Lakers have acquired guard Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City Thunder. They give up Danny Green. They give up the number 28th pick in this year's draft. Listen, this is a great deal for the Lakers because rumors are swirling is that Rondo is thinking about going to the Hawks, but he really has his eyes on the Clippers. And hey, kudos to Rondo. If he wants to go ahead and get that payday with the guys in the basement, if you feel you can be able to beat Deion Sanders and win a Super Bowl here and then Go to the Cowboys and win a Super Bowl there. Try it. I would love to see that happen. It's not going to happen. But I'd love to see you try. In regards to the trade, though, Danny Green, 28th pick, that's a steal for me. I thought he was going to put in a gym bag and a pack of Coors Light to entice, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder for doing this deal. It's like, Danny Green, not enough. I need a Nike gym bag and some and some slides or something. But kudos to the Lakers for doing this. Rob Palenka continues to amaze me with his front office moves. He's very, very underrated when it comes to that. He's, he's a shrewd operator. And I want to see what other moves the Lakers make. I think you can see them maybe making a play for a, a buddy yield. I'm hearing that Kyle Kuzma ain't safe and he shouldn't be. Why should he be? He didn't play that well. And if there's trade interest, the Lakers will listen. So it's just normal business. Ain't nothing personal, man. 
Other trade news, CP3 has been traded to the Phoenix Suns in a surprising move. Not shocking, because I said that this was a possibility some weeks back, that the Suns would try to go for it. They're tired of just being a marginal team. Them acquiring Chris Paul can give them a chance to compete for a playoff spot and you know, possibly rise as high as four in the Western Conference. Now, do they have a chance to win a championship? No, they don't. But what a lot of people don't realize is that being relevant matters. Being relevant matters. Making the playoffs matters. Getting that playoff share matters. So they're going after it, and I, I love the move. You got two young, budding superstars on your team and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Put a Chris Paul there to put everything together because they've been lacking a point guard for years. Monty Williams, they have a relationship, him and Chris Paul. So I want to see how this unfolds. You know, they gave up Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, 22 first-round pick. So they didn't really give up a ton for Chris Paul. The only one that I could see that, you know, was was an iffy was Kelly Oubre, but he had to be in the deal. That was the biggest piece of that puzzle. Kelly Oubre is a hell of a player, man. And Oklahoma City, just they just got themselves a dynamic scorer. He's no-nonsense. He's a good defender. He can shoot the three. He's athletic. I like Kelly Oubre a lot, a lot. So both teams made out well, man. I, I like when both teams actually benefit from trades rather than it being a one-sided situation. I like that. Next trade we're going to talk about is the Portland Trailblazers acquiring Robert Covington from the Rockets in exchange for Trevor Reza, the number 16th pick in the draft, and a 2021 protected first-round pick. This is a good deal for the Portland Trailblazers. Hats off to them. They got a dynamic 3-and-D guy who can play the four. He can play the stretch five. He's a defender. He can hit the three. He is desperately what they've needed for years. That perimeter defense has been terrible. It's been awful. It's been no good. And now they have a guy that can actually defend three positions, four positions. So kudos to them for doing this. You know, a lot a lot of people will say that they probably gave up too much. And it's it's debatable. You know, a 16-round pick can be the next 3 and D guy. 2021 protected first, okay. So I get it, but they had to do something because Portland feels that they're contenders, whether they're contenders for the NBA title or just contenders for a playoff spot. They feel that they're they're a contender. They're not trying to be in the the bottom 9, 10, 11 teams in the West. They want to be 4, 5, 6. They want to compete. They want to have a chance. Robert Covington gives them a legit chance. Obviously, they need to put a lot more pieces around this team, a lot more defensive pieces to complement a Damian Lillard, a C.J. McCollum, that they don't play that type of defense. You know, I'm sure Melo's coming back. There's no talk that Melo is leaving. So, you know, we all we all are at the expectation that he's going to resign, which means that you need as much defensive guys around this team as possible. It's only right. For the Rockets, listen, Trevor Ariza goes back home. 
He was on the Rockets for a long time. I don't know what the situation is with the Rockets. Obviously, we, we went over that in detail in regards to the James Harden disaster debacle. But Trevor Reza is a is still a valuable piece. If they go ahead and hold on to Harden and you have Trevor Reza that can be able to give you some minutes at that three position, that's not a bad option. You, you know, you have Robert Covington who's gone. Trevor Reza is just an older version of Robert Covington. That's all it is. So it's not a bad deal. It does help you start to transition into a younger team because obviously Trevor Reza is going to phase out at some point. Hell, they may even try to flip him and send him somewhere else and get a second-round pick or something. So you, you never know what they try to do. Teams out there always like veteran guys that can hit shots, hit threes. Trevor Reza fits that bill. Maybe the Lakers call him. If they lose out on a guy like, like Avery Bradley, which rumors are saying that Avery Bradley may opt out of his deal to get a bigger deal because he has other suitors elsewhere, who knows if the Lakers don't call the Rockets and say, what do you want for Trevor Reza? Second round pick? What do you want? And they're like, yeah, we'll take that. Because the Rockets have to replenish that cabinet that James Harden left barren with all the moves that they had to make. Rumor mill time, Russell Westbrook is rumored to be heading to Washington for John Wall. <laughs> Why? Why? This is this is the stupidest trade offer or trade rumor I've heard in a while. You're trading me to trade for me? <laughs> How does that make sense? They're the same guy. They don't make anybody better. They're always hurt. They can't play with anybody. Same guy. Have playoff struggles. Same guy. John Wall hasn't played since 2006. <laughs> Russell Westbrook hasn't hit a shot since 07. So what are we doing here? And they both have bad contracts. So you're just trading a bad contract for a bad contract? That just shows you how weak the trade market is for Russell Westbrook. That the Wizards are willing to take on this guy on their team when they already have a guy like that. And what do they always say? What's the saying? The devil you know is better than the one that you don't? <laughs> They might as well just stick with the one that they do know. For real. Crazy. I'm also hearing that Gordon Hayward has some interest from the Hawks. They're thinking about trying to get a sign and trade for him. That's not a bad deal if they can be able to pull that off. I don't see Boston doing it, though. I know Boston likes Gordon Hayward. But if the deal is enticing enough, I think they pull the trigger and say, okay, so we're going to see what happens with that because Gordon Hayward is doing extension. So if they agree to sign and trade him, get another team involved, maybe a third or fourth team, and pull off a bigger deal for each team, yeah, it's possible. Do I think that that helps the, the Hawks get to the playoffs? Eh, I think they need a little more. I think a Rondo helps them more. I think a Drew Holiday would have helped them immensely. Gordon Hayward, eh, slight help, slight uptick, nothing too crazy. So out of all these moves, who's the winner so far? I'm definitely going to have to say the Bucks. The Bucks are the number one winner here because 
they've pulled off some big moves and they're showing their franchise player that they're serious about contending for a championship. Yes, they've mortgaged their future in regards to their draft picks, but when you've won 60-plus games over the last two years, draft picks don't really matter. It's about winning championships. Nobody cares about draft picks when you're contending for, for rings. Ask the Golden State Warriors. Ask the Lakers in the past. Nobody cares about draft picks. Only teams rebuilding care about draft picks. Second team that said that would win this, this trade frenzy so far, it's got to be the Suns. Chris Paul to the Suns is a real big move for them. This puts them in a different category now. That bubble, those eight games in the bubble where they won, gave them confidence to say, you know what? We're not too far off. If they don't go 8-0 in the bubble, they don't pull off this deal because they feel organizational-wise they're close. Chris Paul changes the dynamic. He allows them to start believing that they can be able to win consistently. Will they? Eh, we'll see. But Chris Paul does not allow you to lose when it comes to regular season. Look how the Oklahoma City Thunder overachieved. They were a fifth seed this year. Remarkable. So it's possible that the Suns can be the Oklahoma City from last year. The other team that won the trade is the Lakers. Getting a Dennis Schroeder for basically nothing is a win-win. A guy that can be able to create his own shot. He can drive. He can hit the open shot. He can give LeBron a breather at point guard so he doesn't have to be on the ball all the time. This is a this is a win-win. Plus, Dennis Schroeder is not a bad defender. So it's a win-win for them. But in regards to, like, organizational-wise, who's the winner here? My other winner is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. 17 draft picks over the next six years. I want to see what they do with this. I'm sure they're going to be able to package off a whole bunch of these picks in whatever draft it is, say that draft with Imani Bates or Mikey Williams, that they feel that they have to move up. They can now package off two picks, three picks, and move into that draft that draft spot that they want to. That is, that is leverage. That is called assets. That is an advantage. And Sam Presti knows how to draft. So Oklahoma City, they may end up, you know, getting a, a James Harden, Westbrook, KD combination all over again. Who knows? Who the hell knows? But I'd rather be the Thunder than anybody else due to the fact that they control their own future. It's basically who you draft, how good your, your scouting department is of how good this is going to turn out for you. It can go really bad because you can pick a lot of dumbass players, but it can go really, really well. So... Those are my winners. The losers. Gotta be the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks, the Knicks are the biggest losers. Even the Nets right now, who nobody even thought that they should be in the trade market, are in position or may end up getting a superstar. Where the Knicks at? Huh? Where the Knicks? Nowhere to be found. I hope that they pull off a deal and I hope it's good. Because, man, oh, man, if the Nets go ahead and get James Harden and the Knicks get nothing, James Dolan's going to lose his shit. <laughs> ah. 
Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday. It's all leaving. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. Today's Tuesday, so we're doing it today. May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is Kyle Kuzma, forward for the Los Angeles Lakers, NBA champion Kyle Kuzma. He's my candidate for Dummy. Yeah. because Kyle Kuzma has had enough, y'all. Kyle Kuzma is tired of the social media bashing he's gotten all season. He is tired of all the criticism that he got during the playoffs. He is even tired of after the season, everybody's talking about where Kyle Kuzma is getting traded to because he's still on the Lakers. But here's why he's my candidate for Dummy of the Week. Kyle Kuzma is saying, y'all better stop disrespecting my name. And then he deactivates his Twitter. So he he want to he wanna take put it out there and say, yo, I'm, I'm standing up for myself. But you're not. You're not ready for the backlash about that statement? Like, they they waiting, <laughs> they waiting for you, Kyle, to come back so they can give you a piece of their mind because you've been terrible all season. Kyle Kuzma, listen, you can't blame people for having so much vitriol towards you. You say a whole bunch of wild stuff. First of all, you said something about the pandemic, something crazy where people got to look at you and be like, Yo, what do you, what do you mean, my dude? So you're rubbing people the wrong way there. Then you're now rubbing people the wrong way with the fact that you want a big-time extension from the Lakers. For what? For being there? Hell, I want to raise from my job. That don't mean I'm going to get it. And when they ask me, well, what have you done to, to get this raise? Well, I'm here, right? <laughs> You don't sit your stupid ass down. Kyle Kuzma would be lucky <laughs> to get a pack of gum from, <laughs> from Rob Palenka. Because he's going. You're going. Whether you like it or not, you're going. Okay, you're just like that kid that, that don't want to go to summer camp. You're going. I don't care how much you kick and scream and how much you want to get mad. You're going to put your stuff on. You're going to throw your bag in this car. And you're going. 
He ha- you have no leg to stand on. No leg to stand on. And you know why you have no leg to stand on? Because LeBron James gave you a shot. He gave you a shot. When he came here, he was like, you know, these young guys, man, you know, Lonzo, B.I., Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. Then he played with y'all. And then he was like, all right, well, Lonzo ain't the guy I thought he was. B.I. is nice, but I don't think B.I. is going to accept, uh, uh, you know, a secondary or a tertiary role. But Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma showed me something. He can shoot. Hit that outside shot. He got a little moxie in him. Listen, don't trade Kyle Kuzma for AD. Trade everybody else. Not Kyle. He can stay. And lo and behold, USA team comes. Kyle Kuzma putting up buckets, and then he hurts his foot, right? Season comes around. He can't get his rhythm. But LeBron James like, I still got faith in Kyle Kuzma. We're going to get it done. Whole season, he bums it. Now LeBron James is done with you. In the playoffs, I remember. I remember LeBron James getting the ball, looking at who was open, and decided to not pass it to Kyle Kuzma to pass it to somebody else. That's where we've gotten in Lakerland, to the point where some guy in his basement that's severely overweight and doesn't pay any rent is bashing Kyle Kuzma all because of his lack of lack of play on the court. So Kyle Kuzma, don't run from social media. Embrace it. You're Mr. Social Media, right? Kuzmania. Mr. Puma. You got the nice girlfriend. All that. Don't run. Stay there and take your beating. You want to prove everybody wrong? Do that. But don't run. We don't like runners. We don't, we don't appreciate runners on the Lakers. We appreciate dudes who step up. Something that you didn't do all season. So Kyle Kuzma, you may be the biggest loser right now because you don't want to face up to all the nonsense that you did on social media. But you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Friday. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more trades that happen during this week. We got the draft coming up. Free agency is coming up. Uh, It's going to be an interesting two weeks. I can't wait. But Friday, we're going to talk about it. So until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.